Hello, friends, and welcome back to the New Day podcast, where we talk about life and how to deal with what it's throwing at us. I'm Ian, a learning development nerd here in Salt Lake City with passions for communication and sharing what I find as I search for my Zen. With me, as always, I'm Angela. I man, my roles in life are very diverse. For right now, I'm a business owner, mom, grandma, love my passion for finding things that make me happy and ways to make my life work. And I just hope that my experience, I can share that with you guys. Today, we're talking about cognitive dissonance. Now, we've all experienced it in some form in our life. Mm -hmm. If we want to really start with what it is, I kind of think of it as when we think something and it just makes me feel, in the words of the British, like a huge flaming pile of rubbish. (laughs) I just, I feel awful when I experience it. That's what it does. I kind of, it's like a mental discomfort when you hold two conflicting ideas. And you can't resolve them to make them work together. So psychology today goes along that lines is term for stating discomfort felt when you have two or more, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, I can I can see that, though. I was like, OK, I've always just thought of it as two, but I guess you could have more than two. Oh, absolutely. Different thoughts. It isn't just thoughts. It's feelings. It's beliefs. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. We'll get into that a little mm-hmm. bit later. When you have two or more thoughts and they contradict each other. So mm-hmm. a, a thought, I'm good with money. I'm right. good at saving. Then I'm like, oh, I want this toy or mm-hmm. I want to go out and get a new car or. Yep. How about I'm a productive person. I'm a hard worker at work. Same kind of thing. But then you, oh, I think I'm going to, you know, that work balance is important. So I'm going to slack off for a few minutes and watch YouTube. Or get on Facebook or do something not productive at work. And you you kind of, those conflicts kind of start to eat at you a little bit. Hey, I'm really productive, but I'm not being productive. Another one that I think a lot of us can relate to mm-hmm. that we have all felt in our life at I am fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you start working out and you're yeah. like, oh, I'm getting healthy. healthy yep. Another example that I have, one that I experienced quite a bit as I was doing my degree over the last five years, mm-hmm. I would say, oh, I want to get my degree. I like learning, yeah. which I do. But then I would get into those classes. They were usually the generals that mm, right. very few people like. Mm. I would just sit there and go, I hate this class. I hate this <laughs> class. This is stupid. This is pointless. There's the two thoughts. Mm -hmm. They directly oppose each other. Your brain is not capable of really reconciling those two thoughts because Um, they can also fall into the different sides of the brain too. Right. I mean, another way to look at this is um, go down the road to, like you just said, let's use the learning side of things. Your whole life you have believed one thing and all of a sudden new information presents itself. And that new information challenges your deeply held belief that you've had forever. That creates a huge cognitive dissonance in people. There's so many examples of that in, you know, from religion to politics to relationships with people, work, life, all sorts of things. That's it's an important thing factor that I think mentally all of us experience at least what monthly, daily, Uh, several times a day, easily. You will face this every day. Mm-hmm. We have our set thoughts, yeah. our, our set patterns yeah. over the last year and a half with COVID. It's a very real thing. I was experiencing this when I went to the movie theater yesterday. Mm-hmm. First time back to the movie theater. I love movies. One of my favorite things to do is just go get popcorn, a yeah. drink. Absolutely. Maybe I got some nachos, sit in a the theater, just veg out and watch yeah, a movie. Nothing better. It's a good mind distraction. It's I like to use them as rewards. Yeah, exactly. 
So I was watching Black Widow, which makes me so happy to have Marvel movies back in my life. <laughs> I was comfy, didn't have to wear a mask or anything, was just enjoying mm -hmm. it. Even got the recliner seat so I can sit there and, yep. and get comfortable. As I'm waiting for my concessions, I have done everything I'm supposed to do over the last year and a half. I have done my physical and social distancing. Yep. I have purposely not gone out and been around a lot of crowds. Oh, I yeah. went and got my vaccine, which mm, you did too, those exact yeah. same days. <laughs> I have worn my mask where I'm supposed to. It still is so foreign to me mm. to go somewhere and not have a mask on. On top of that, I had a family behind me that would not <laughs> stay away. Like I had the kids right behind me. Uh, yeah, I've... And I kept kind of looking at the parents like, come on. <laughs> it, it made me very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm safe. I've done what I've done. I've done my part. I'm good. Yet there's people not <laughs> doing what I think they should. When I go to the gym, obviously a mm -hmm. good behavior. Mm -hmm. For sure. Trying to get out, trying to vary my activity some, working with a personal trainer, working on learning some new stuff there. Mm -hmm. Yet there's people that are not respectful of personal space there. Nope. For sure. I agree. <laughs> I'm the type where, and I've always been this way, where I'll go get the cleaner and clean my machine down or whatever I'm yep. doing. A, common decency. You B, just, again, doing my part. You just got sweaty all over that machine. Ugh, exactly. It's always been hard for me to not think about, okay, there's somebody else's germs all over <laughs> this stuff. I can't let myself go there. <laughs> I'm watching people just, to me, it's, again, a, a disrespect thing. Yeah. You're, you're more concerned with taking your pictures to post on your social media <laughs> so and be true. a little poser than you are to make sure that others are being healthy while they're trying to be healthy and improve their bodies as well. Well, uh, here's, here's one that this one I thought was, I feel like we can all relate to. You're a responsible dog owner. In fact, we were discussing this before we started recording. You are a dog owner. You consider yourself a responsible one. You always take your bags to clean up after your dog on your walks and things like that well one day you leave the house and you don't have your cleanup bags with you well obviously when your dog does his business there's nothing you can do to clean it up so you look at it and you just walk away and think you know i'm responsible most of the time i'm gonna just leave it this one time and that creates a tiny bit of discomfort in your mind a little bit of that cognitive dissonance in your everyday life kind of comes into bat because I know me, I would go home and eat myself up about it for a while afterwards because I consider myself a very responsible dog owner. But, you know, just kind of a small example in everyday life. Go back and I clean it up. Yeah. And I'll just hop in my car, grab bags and go, that's what I do. And some people do and some people don't. I, I think my example there was just that in everyday life, things present themselves that you have to be prepared to deal with. Professionally that I've experienced, this was my last job. I was hired into a training position, was a training professional mm -hmm. working in learning and development, which is my passion. They changed our jobs dramatically because of a series of fortunate events. They ended up making us not do training. I absolutely hated it. <laughs> One, because I know what my skill set is. I know what I'm good at. I know what I like. The other part is the reason I was in this position was because I had coworkers that didn't do their job. Yep. Made the rest of us look bad, incapable. They moved us into this other. I hated doing it every day. When they put me on furlough and mm -hmm. I came back, it was even more of something I didn't like doing. Yeah. So I had the thought of, I'm grateful to have a job, which I was super grateful to have a job, have an income, because so many people didn't have that. 
I'm sitting there going, but this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. I had to come to a point where I I had to reconcile those thoughts and, and come up with, I've heard a lot of terms for it. I call them linking thoughts. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll kind of go through my process for this. When we're doing this, we usually encounter cognitive dissonance the most when we are trying to create new habits. That can be true. And an example that kind of in my everyday life that actually ha- happened kind of recently is you find out you have a diabetes diagnosis. What's the first thing that goes through your head? Crap, right? I mean, you think to yourself, you know, I, I'm pretty healthy. I try to be healthy. I strive to be healthy. And when you get a type 2 diabetes, you know, diagnosis, instantly you start to feel, well, apparently I'm not because it's usually based on weight and your eating habits. So to rectify that in your mind, you think, oh, this doctor doesn't know what they're talking about. My diabetes isn't that bad. You know, I try to eat healthy most of the time. So I'm just going to keep doing my things the way I do it because I'm uncomfortable having to realize that personally inside me, I have to change a habit. I have to change how I eat. I have to change how I think about food. It creates a really, really severe discomfort. And you find yourself finding ways to justify continuing the behavior that got you in that place. So if we look at the habits and we've talked about this with Spencer when he came over in Atomic Habits by James Clear, you always start with small things, incremental things that will help you bridge that bigger gap. It's a great strategy to help overcome the dissonance. Mm -hmm. And he talks about it. He doesn't talk about it so much as cognitive dissonance, but he talks about our self-talk. Right. We cannot consistently perform in a manner that is inconsistent with how we think of ourselves. No, you can't. If you're sitting there thinking, I'm terrible at dieting, I'm terrible at fitness, I'm terrible at XYZ, whatever those might be. Yeah. When you tie this into relationships, Mm -hmm. which is a huge one where I see dissonance happen. The thought of I'm fat, I'm not lovable, yeah. I'm a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Yet you're trying to change your habits to I'm healthy or I'm into fitness or I'm learning right. or I am loved, mm-hmm. I am appreciated. It's not to say we can't get there just simply by trying to change habits. That thought process, mm-hmm. James does a great job. If you haven't read that book, I still will encourage you to go read it because <laughs> it really is a good one. In fact, if you get it on audio, then I, I listen to it while I walk my dogs quite a bit because uh-huh. each time I listen to it, it just helps ingrain those into the way I think of things. Which is great. The first thing in order to overcome cognitive dissonance that I really like to stress Yes. You have to be 100% crystal clear on what it is you want. Mm, Definitely. You're never going to change your thoughts, or at least meaningfully, if you don't know what it is you're trying to achieve. It could be a new habit. It could be a financial goal. Mm -hmm. It could be trying to change eating habits or fitness habits. It could be trying to change relationship that you're in. Well, and sometimes it even challenges your beliefs. You need to change some of your belief systems because things just aren't aligning with your beliefs. That's really uncomfortable and hard to do. I went through the belief thing at Mm. a fairly young age. Yes, you did. Younger Uh, than me. I was raised in the LDS faith Mm -hmm. here. Mormonism, if you don't know what that is. I think I was only about 13 or 14. And I really started going, do I believe any of this? And so hard. I don't believe in any of this. Now, I believe in certain principles. And that's fine. You don't have to believe in it all. It's not an all or nothing thing. Like I believe in being honest with people. Mm -hmm. I believe in helping people. 
I believe in, in certain things that most religions do believe. I was like, okay, if I believe in those, that makes me a good person. Mm-hmm. One thing that I really struggled with yeah. was I was, I knew very young that I was gay. Yes. And you've been open about that. One part of that was the religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. I wanted to try and make my family happy. Oh, so absolutely. therefore I would try and live those principles and in the way they want. All of this caused a tremendous amount of cognitive dissonance for me. Absolutely, because at some point you kind of go down the road where you tend to justify and validate your beliefs in any way you need to, to make it work for you. And that becomes very uncomfortable when you feel one thing and you feel like you have to believe this other thing that's right here that you've always believed. But then you start to see new evidence. It creates not being a genuine, authentic person. I think we've all been there. Which I feel like people don't understand enough. Really, really, really ties into your self-worth and your inner talk so much. You've got to be authentic. You've got to be you. So I first started coming out about the age of 26. Okay. 27, somewhere around there. I came out to my sister very first thing. Okay. It was a huge relief to get that off my chest. But I still wasn't quite sure what it meant for me to say, okay, I'm gay. Okay, and that makes sense. It was, okay, I'm, I'm gay. Can I still kind of be part of what my family wants? Mm-hmm. Can I still be what makes me happy? Yeah. It led me to have very unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. It led me to very unhealthy behaviors. It made me a very unhappy person. I'd love to say that finally I figured out after just a couple of years. It wasn't. It was many years. Unhealthy relationships, unhealthy lifestyle, unhealthy habits. Yeah. And it was all trying to make sense of what would make me happy. And see, I was there with you in a different respect. Being raised in the church, you get married, you have kids, serving your callings, and you're happy doing all this stuff. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I absolutely love every second of being a mom, but being the perfect mom the image out there that I needed to be was making me very uncomfortable. I wasn't always happy. There were times I didn't want to do it. There was times it just wasn't everything for me. Reconciling that with myself that that's normal versus what the religion was teaching me that you should be this person and trying to get up and go to church on Sunday when I didn't want to be there and new evidence presented itself, but I kept going because it was making me uncomfortable. I had always just known that. It's kind of a different perspective from you and not the same. We all have those challenges come up in our life. So one way that I overcame it, initially, I was very just anti-LDS, anti-Mormon. Yeah. I was like, I will be everything it is not. And that was part of the (laughs) self-destructive behaviors. Yeah. Especially as I started into the last few years. I'd say about the last seven to eight years, I really started to tune it in. But I was like, you know what? I can just be me. I can just be what I believe is a good person. Right. I'm at peace with that. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how much discomfort went away. I'm like, look, I'm gay. That doesn't make me a bad person. It absolutely does not. If you want to think that does. That's on you. So be it. Yeah. As much as it pained my family to hear that. I'm like, look, that's your problem. That Mm -hmm. is not my problem. Absolutely. I hit a point and and there was some pretty dark stuff that happened relationship wise with my family that really did not like that. Yeah. And that's going to happen. I hit it too in a different way when I started doing what I was doing. So I understand. Then I went through and started saying, okay, these are the things I'm going to do that I think still make me a good person by most people's definition. Right. I'm going to just be a good, let's say, citizen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a person that is building myself. Mm -hmm. 
to be capable, to be kind, to be honest, to be just a good person in general. If you choose to view me as not a good person based on one particular facet of my life, which by no means defines my entire life. Absolutely not. I know some that does. That's great if that's right. what they want to do. Right. I am Ian. And I just happen to be gay. I'm not gay Ian, although there are a lot of people that know me that way. <laughs> By starting to understand that and believe that and truly change my thoughts on it, it really changed my life. Then I started building in my meditation practice and I really started studying a lot of Buddhist beliefs. Now, I am not a religious person by any means. I don't believe in the Buddhist religion, but I believe in philosophies and that there are. That's good. When you start looking at different parts of that, I am so much more mm -hmm. at peace with who I am. It's amazing how much more mental bandwidth I have to go ahead and focus on other things. Right. My life has turned around so much. Now, not to say that I never experience it. Believe me, I experience plenty <laughs> of cognitive dissonance. Oh, of course. To change that, I had to have, I heard many terms, especially in my psychology classes when I would hear cognitive dissonance discussed. Yep. I call them linking thoughts where I can't go from polar opposite of A to B. Right. What I have to do is I have to start very incrementally. Uh-huh say okay i don't like my body i don't like being yeah. fat i don't there's a lot of negativity built into that of course there is and self-image and all that yeah am i to the point where i can be like oh i love my body i'm 100 percent comfortable with it i know i'm not so what can i pivot my thoughts into as i go through that so i can start with i can change right or i can eat healthier uh -huh. or I can do whatever it is you're going to do in that progress. If you're looking at, say, work, yeah. how many of us have had to have that tough conversation where you're not doing the job they want you to do yeah. and you have to start being honest with yourself mm -hmm. and going, OK, is this legitimate criticism and how am I going to correct it? Right. Or relationships where you can say, OK, I'm not a good spouse or partner. Mm -hmm. Maybe you are. Maybe it's the other person. True. And sometimes what your image of what you are to that spouse versus what they see. And when they project that back to you, that can create a little bit of that cognitive dissonance and make you question it, which is not a bad cognitive dissonance does not have to be a bad thing. It can actually create change. And I think that's what you're kind of discussing. Learning to be okay with being uncomfortable. Right. Is truly where growth is going to happen in your life. It absolutely is. It's the only way growth happens in your life, unfortunately. But it that discomfort has to come for you to grow. You have to understand it. Learning how to manage it. Yeah. And understand it, deal with it, creates that growth, which is uncomfortable, but yet freeing all at the same time. Being able to walk into the discomfort, being able to walk into whatever the change may be mm -hmm. and be able to disconnect yourself from it. So you're, you're not immediately linked to it yeah. where you can walk in and say, OK, this is what I believe. This is where I'm trying to go. Mm -hmm. And identifying those steps, learning how to do it incrementally. Yes. You don't have to scale the entire mountain all at once. Absolutely not. Unless you're part of that crazy running bunch that Jerem is. <laughs> it's amazing how much of a game changer. And that phrase is used a lot, probably too much. But it really is a game changer in life where you can go, oh, okay. I, I don't have to have this no. fundamental change. Breakthrough is probably another way to put it. Yeah. I think your breakthrough or your goals should be, okay, what are beliefs that I have? What yeah. are opinions I have? How am I going to change that? How am I going to grow from this? That linking thought, you don't have to change the whole perspective at once. No. It just has to be a small step. It does. And a little caveat to that is you need to be willing to pivot 
should new information present itself while you're on that journey? Because that does happen. All the time. Yeah. Other thoughts you have on that? I think just, I know for me, when I discuss cognitive dissonance with people, they think it's some big giant epiphany. And my thing that I wanted to kind of drive home is it can happen daily in your life. And just resolve that that's going to happen and how you're going to use your emotional IQ to kind of deal with that as it presents itself in life. You can be a mean, nasty person or you can adjust and adapt. And I'm talking because sometimes, you know, like I said, somebody believes something so strongly and they're projecting that onto you and you present them with something different that they don't understand or you get presented with something different. And it really, our first instinct is to lash out back because it were uncomfortable. And we don't like that they challenged that. And I guess what that's what I'm saying is use that emotional IQ to kind of help you deal with that. The temporary pause in life. Absolutely. Really does help process and mm-hmm. have better responses. And does. Often I think you'll find where it's just like, <laughs> eh, is it really worth it? Yeah, true. More often than not anymore. Like, <laughs> it's not. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, that was my biggest thing is just to understand it. It can be a daily thing. It's not some big giant epiphany that happens to you. Weekly challenge. Do you have something? Or? What I was thinking of on this one. First and foremost, as I mentioned, the absolute first step, get clear on what you're doing. Yeah. I would take time for yourself. Yeah. Really identify areas of your life that you do want to make changes in. Maybe it is you want to get a new job. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Identify that. What actions do you want to take? Maybe it's you want to change a habit that you have. Yeah. Maybe it's you want to incorporate a new habit of Mm, learning or something like that. I always advocate for that. (laughs) When you identify those, kind of go behind it. Yeah. This is a great journaling exercise. It it can be. Identify where am I at now and be Mm -hmm. honest with yourself. Nobody is going to know where you're at better than you do. Right. And in that, say to yourself, do I need to change any mindsets, behaviors or anything like that to help me move forward? Because that's really uncomfortable when you have to do that. Identifying your thought of this is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. This is what I truly believe right now. Yes. This is where I want to go. And look at those phrases and statements. Identify the self talk that you're having with yourself. Yeah, you, you have to do that. Then you can look at it and go, okay. Is it a huge jump for me to go from A to B? Yeah. If, if it's more like an A to Z type scenario <laughs> in this thought, a lot of us do that. I mean, that's goals, mm-hmm. right? That's, Absolutely. That's really taking on maybe new skills or something. That's how you create a change. Okay. Well, let's start smaller. Yeah. You, you let's really, really identify small. smaller things. Yeah. One thing that I picked up doing again, I, I did it for quite a while, was Duolingo. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it. I got out of it and I started doing it more and more and more. Mm-hmm. I got out of the habit just because yeah. I got busy with so much school last summer. And this week I started sitting down and going, you know, I think I want to do that again. Yeah. Just spend five or 10 minutes mm-hmm. doing something new. A, it's learning something. B, it's a useful thing. And then I can use that to go do something else I want to do. Did I say, oh, I want to be fluent in Spanish? A to Z. <laughs> no. No. I said, okay, I'm going to start with five minutes a day of learning some stuff and repeating. And I loved it when I was doing it too. And I'm kind of mad I fell out of the habit. Another one is I want to become more of a L&D professional in a couple of areas where I really want to figure out the analysis piece of things. That's going to take a huge set of skills. I'm not going to go from A to Z. I am going to have to say, OK, well, I want to mm-hmm. learn about this little tiny piece here. You uh, Absolutely. So I'm currently identifying those things where it's a different skill. And see me, I'm just starting with a personal trainer. I want to be the type of person that when I want to go on a hike, I don't 
want to do it yet don't want to do it all at the same time. I just want to be able to go do it. I want to get myself to that point. And that's going to take some change. And I'm not going to love it. And I know that. So it starts with things like the whole running shoes thing and the workout clothes. Making the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe drinking more water. Yeah. Don't go grab that snack that you're really craving right that second. I mean, little tiny changes. Snacks. Snacky snacks. So think about those things Mm -hmm. and start mapping it out. And really say, okay, what changes can I make? My thought wise yeah. to get rid of my cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. It's not all going to go away, no. but it will help. So you don't have as much in your life. It's going to occur daily. It's going to occur about, especially the most random of things. Yeah, it does kind of, I feel like it kind of blindsides you all of a sudden something's like, Oh, and you have to actually literally pause. When that happens, I would also kind of write that down. Yeah. So I you're agree. more aware of where you're running into it and then revisit it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So that way you can say, okay, what do I need to change in order to get rid of this? Yes. So that would be the challenge yep, for you this week. It. And if you get a chance, be sure that you hit subscribe on your listening platform of choice. Also, share it out. That really is what helps us the most. It really does. I have some folks that are like, oh, yeah, I found you through whatever. Uh I came up on Apple Podcasts and you were there and I listened to you and now I'm a listener. It's really the shares that A, helps boost us on those platforms and Uh gets us in front of other people. It does. And you probably know people in your life that could use something like this. We had Rick reach out to us this week and say, hey, you guys are my coach. And he was super inspired by Jerem's story. He did. He loved Jerem's story. Which, who doesn't? Everybody has loved Jerem's story. Be sure that you're sharing these out because Mm -hmm. that's the ultimate goals. We just want to help you and others around you. Be sure you hit subscribe and share. And we will see you next time, everybody. See you next week. 